The Lord, this is Bragilius Adewumi. We are going through the Gospel of Mark. Now we are in chapter 11, which is a very important chapter. We're going to read slowly and then give comments as the Lord leads. Some of these Bible verses have been preached in separate other sermons. So we will just go through it and see what the Lord will teach us here. Mark chapter 11. Verse 1 And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth for two of his disciples and said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a cold tide, wherein never man sat, loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord has need of him, and straightway he will send him either. Now this is uh, the the event where the Lord Jesus Christ rode into the city of Jerusalem as a king, as we have preached in the other places in the Gospel of John. Now, the, according to how Mark reported this, the Lord Jesus Christ sent them to go and bring the court that never man sat on. When they were getting cold, close to Bethany and Bedford. Bethany and Bedford is uh, they are small, small villages in that generation. The same road leads the road that goes to Jerusalem, and there's a crossroad that says, On this way is Bethany, on this way is Bedford. That's why I say, When they get, when that's why the Bible says, As they are getting to uh, close to Bethany and Bedford, on the Mount of Olives, then he send this to, to, them to go and bring this cold. Now, people wonder that was well, this, and this has been prophesied in the book of the prophets. And you see that as we were talking about that in the Gospel of John, we were discussing the Gospel of John, he said, Your king comments unto thee, rising upon a coat, upon the, upon the fall of an ass, a little baby ass. That is how it was reported that the Messiah will come rising upon us as a king. Let's continue verse 4. So, and they went their way and found the coal tied by the door without in a place where two ways met and they lose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye? Losing the coals? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. Now, the question has been asked many times is, How did the Lord know about this coal? Was it something like a supernatural? Or was it just uh, something that he, one of the disciples had to live in that Bethany because Bethany was where Mary and Martha lived. Bethany is where Simon the leper lived. So he, he could have, when he came back and before he could have seen that there's a little code there that we fit the prophecy when he was coming by the last time and told them to go and bring that code. And because say it's a code, means that you know, it's, it's never been used for something else. This growing 
the mother, according to the other religion, said that the mother and the baby ass were both there. But here he just said, bring the coat. But how it was already arranged that he was going to use this by prophecy, by vision, or by already telling the owner that I'm going to need this, your coat anytime, the Lord is going to need it, whether by spiritual revelation or by physical visitation, doesn't matter. We know that that was already planned and ordained by God. Verse 7 of Mark chapter 11. So they brought the coat to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. Verse 8. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches of the trees, and straw them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the eyes. So the disciples were happy, excited, and now we're going to Jerusalem. And like many of them were thinking, they thought the kingdom that is to be established on earth is to start when Jesus Christ gets to Jerusalem. That was in their mindset. But you see, they didn't know what was coming was crucifixion. Because when it happened, they were scattered. Verse 11. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the evening time was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. So he was, Bethany was where the Lord was lodging and coming back in the morning to the east temple. Verse 13. Verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if aptly he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of weeks was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples had it. The Lord Jesus passed by to see whether he could get something out of that fig tree. And the Bible said it was not the time for the fig to have any fruit. However, if that fig tree has had fruit the previous season, they couldn't have gotten all the fruit out of the tree. Sometimes you see the, the old harvested fruit still left in some trees. But uh, nothing was on this one and Christ used this one and said, no man eats fruit of this, of the air after forever. But he was going to teach lesson about this in the next few verses about faith. Verse 15. So they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went to the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he thought, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations, the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. Now, this episode of casting the people out of the temple was reported in Gospel of John. It was reported in Matthew. But when Gospel of John put it, he put it, he put it at the beginning of his ministry, which means he must have done it twice. That's what it looked like. If Apostle John in chapter 2 of Gospel of John put that casting out people out of the temple at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ when he went to 
in the temple at the particular feast. And then they said, what sign do you show to us? He said, destroy this temple in three days and rise and raise again. That was our position reported the casting of people. That makes us to believe that that means he did it twice. He did it at the beginning like that. And then at the end, this, according to our mark here, this is the last phase after he rode into the city, Jerusalem, on the donkey, which is the last, the last visit, the last festival. And then the second day, according to this one, he said, the second day he cast people out and told them they should, not, they should not suffer no man to carry anything through the temple, which made him to become the chief, the, the priest. He's taking the position of the priest, which I preached when I was preaching about, about the, the sign that is the triple crown king. Prophet, king, and priest. And according to the ordinance that was reported in the book of First Samuel about King David when he wanted to take over Jerusalem to be king, rule from Jerusalem, and the Jebusites sent him an oracle and said, you cannot come in here unless thou can take away the blind and the lame. And King David understood that that was an oracle from God, and he turned back from overthrowing Jerusalem and took Zion. But say, they said Joab apparently overthrew and conquered Jerusalem, but nonetheless, the, the Jebusites still remain in Jerusalem because they were still living there. But the point is, is only the triple crown king is the great king of the, of the, of the, of the of Israel. The great king of Israel will rule from Jerusalem and he has to be a king, a priest, and a prophet. Triple crown. Now Jesus Christ has been preaching about as a prophet. Then he rode into the city as a king because he said, the, the Bible, the prophecy said that uh, thy king comes unto thee, lonely riding on the horse, the foal of uh, on a foal on a donkey, the foal of an ass. So that was happened. That happened in this Mark chapter eleven. Recorded that this is what happened. That he rode in as a king. They are saying, "Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord." So they are hearing him as king right there. Now he's now taking over the temple and not and and casting people out of the temple. That is the work of a priest. So then. The spiritual world now is alert. Is this the great king? Then he has to take away the blind and the lame. How will he do that? They were, they were sent to him in the temple. And you see that reported in Matthew. That was how I presented Matthew chapter 21, I believe, where Matthew said the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And only Matthew recorded it. Only Matthew recorded it, all the others didn't. Even grasp it because sometimes people don't they don't notice some things unless the Lord catch make their eyes catch it. You see that in Matthew chapter 21, verse 14. After he was after he said, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of this. Verse 14 says, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. That was the ordinance that made it so that this is the great king. That is not only a king and a prophet, he's also a priest. And he's a priest after the order of Melchizedek, according to the prophecies in the book of Psalm. That is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Praise the Lord. Now let's continue with Mark chapter 11 here. Verse 18. It's where we are, Mark chapter 11. And the scribes and chief priests had it when he was telling them that they should not allow anything to come through the the temple and said, But you have made it a den of this. So the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. But they feared him 
because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when evil was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou causest is withered away. Now the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ was going to teach them faith by this experience of the fig tree. In verse 22, Jesus Christ answered, said unto them, have faith in God. Somebody said it means have the God kind of faith. Verse 22 says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall love whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. That if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now this Mark chapter 11 verse 22, 3, 24, and 25 has been preached by many believers about faith, and I have also presented this in some of my sermons. I preached on it when I was talking about faith and doubt. In some of my sermons, if you go to my video on demand, you will see faith and doubt sermon, and you will see where I mentioned these three verses. The first verse was, Say unto this mountain, it's what Christ said, if you have doubt, you don't doubt that. If you don't doubt what you say, See, believe in your heart that what you say shall come to pass. There's no time frame when it will come to pass. You just believe it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. It's sufficient from what when you're seeing it. Don't try to tag time to it and say it must happen tomorrow or, or else. No. You leave it there and let it be as it shall come to pass. Say, believe in your heart and don't doubt that it shall have what you say. And then in verse 24, it says, if you are asking the Father, the first 20, verse 23 is saying to the mountain. Verse 24 is Pray to the Father to give you something. So if they believe you have received it because the Father loves you and he will give it to you immediately you ask. But it comes in the spirit first. They believe you have received them. Don't doubt. So then, if you believe you have received them, what you do? You should begin to thank him. Also. Then you shall have them. That means it shall manifest to the visibility, to the physical. Then in verse 25, he joined join that to the praying to the Father and even though you say you shall have them, and if you have ought against anybody, forgive. So I will preach that one also, that the Lord expects us to walk in forgiveness so that he can answer our prayers. Because he forgive us, we have to forgive those that hurt us also. And the reason we pointed out is that God is saying, do this for me. If you want me to do that for you, do this for me. And the one he saying we should do is that maybe somebody hurt you, say forgive them. Because God will use those hearts to bring you closer and closer to himself. God will use those hearts that somebody hurt you to get you to the glory, your glory. Look at our Lord Jesus Christ. He was crucified, but that crucifixion was to bring him to the glory. He became the King of kings and Lord of lords. You see? So he has to forgive them that are crucified. Him. That's why he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Look at Joseph, the son of Jacob in Egypt. 
His brothers hated him so much that they sold him into slavery. But God used that hatred that they had against him and sold him to slavery to bring him to become prime minister in Egypt. And look at Potiphar's wife that framed him and threw him into jail. If he was not in jail, most likely wouldn't get to her hear about uh, the the dreams of Pharaoh or the butler that brought him before Pharaoh. See? God used the hatred and throwing him into jail to make him come before Pharaoh in Egypt and brought, brought him to that glory. So what we are saying then is God will use all those negative things to our favor. Um, then you have to forgive those people just like you are forgiving God that is using those things to, to your favor. Say all things we work together for good to them that love the Lord. So all those evil things that the devil is doing against us, God will use it to bring us closer to himself. We work together for our good. So we have to forgive all those that are hurting us. Or all those that the devil used to, to hurt us. We forgive them. So that God can work this work in us. Praise God. So that's why he said, do this for me. Forgive. So that your father also can forgive your trespasses. Verse 27 of Mark chapter 11. And they came, they come again to Jerusalem and as he was walking in the temple, they are Come to him, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, and say unto him, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? Now, why do they ask this question? Now, you have to remember the Lord Christ has been doing this thing for the past two, two and a half, three years now. And these people didn't believe in the high priest, the chief priest, and all these rulers. They didn't want to believe. But he didn't come through their school, no? they must have school of rabbis. No? He didn't come through their school also. And he was not known to be the son of a priest, because that was how John the Baptist, they respected John the Baptist because they could trace his lineage. as if John the Baptist was the son of the Zechariah, the priest. Oh, that old man priest, oh, that was his son. But he had when he was so oh, so they knew that it looks like, like father, like son. So they were expecting that this man would be if he's a prophet, he's a priest, so they assumed he could be a prophet. So they respected John the Baptist, so they didn't go against John the Baptist. And John the Baptist didn't say he was the Messiah anyway, so they have nothing to worry about. He said the Messiah was coming up time. Well, they waited for the Messiah to come. Now the Lord Jesus Christ came. They couldn't trace him to any of the prophets. They couldn't even trace him to Bethlehem. That they said the Messiah should come to Bethlehem. So they were all, because they were all saying, no, he couldn't be the one. And he didn't go through a school where they can say, oh, it was one rabbi so that taught him all these things. So they just wondered. So now they come and challenge him. And now he's in the temple, casting people out of the temple. And everybody teaching in the temple. The teachers in the temple were registering, you know, like say, you register yourself as a teacher. This man is not registered as a teacher and he's teaching the temple. So they have any clause, many reasons to come and question him. Who gave you this authority to even do what you are doing? That's what they came to do. So they came and asked him and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? How much more you are casting people out of the temple? Who told you to go and be doing that? That was what they are challenging. Because they didn't believe he was the Messiah. And then they didn't want to accept him as that. Even though they heard that John the Baptist said this is the man, but they didn't want to accept him as that because he didn't come through their school. He didn't come and pay homage to them as the chief rabbis, chief priests, and respectfully honoring them. So they have some of those things against him. And then they could say, well, he even did 
They were looking for false, false, and they see many that they can point out. Oh, look at his disciples. They were eating without uh, look at him. He's not keeping the Sabbath. So they saw all those things they claim to be false, which are not false at all. So Jesus Christ answered them in verse 29 and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question and answer it. And I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. I mean, he was saying, what do you think about John the Baptist? By that time, John the Baptist was dead. And before he died, Jesus Christ was baptized by John the Baptist. And John the Baptist pointed him out that this is the man that I'm talking about. He's the Messiah. He's the Lamb of God. And some of the disciples of John the Baptist followed Jesus. But the Pharisees that didn't really want to follow John the Baptist, they kind of waited. And then when they saw this one, they didn't like this one. So they didn't want to accept him. So now they come and confront them. Who gave you this authority to do what you are doing? So Jesus Christ said, now say, okay, let's start from John the Baptist. Who gave John the Baptist the authority? That's what the Lord meant when he said, is the, is the baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Did he just make it up by himself? Or heaven commanded him to be doing what he was doing? Verse 31 says, And the reason with them, maybe they went aside and talk about it before. Let's not give a quick answer here. The reason with themselves say, If we shall say from heaven, you will say, Why then did you not believe him? Didn't you believe in heaven? But if we shall say of men, that they fear the people. For all men counted John was that he was a prophet indeed. So then they say, Well, we are going to say we don't know. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And we cannot tell who, who gave John the Baptist the authority to do what he did. So Jesus answered and said unto them, Neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. So if you don't want to, you don't know what, who gave John the Baptist the authority, well, John the Baptist pointed to me, then you don't need to know who gave me the authority. Also. So they were not able to answer that. That is the end of chapter 11. And we're going to go to chapter 12. And I believe that God will bless your heart. God bless you.